So we have been offering a series of instruction that follow the teachings of the four foundations of mindfulness, the Satipatthana Sutta. And we began by inviting you to turn your attention to the body and the breath as a way to help ground, arrive, land. And the breath and the body, as I think I said the first day, are are always here. They're always available as a kind of touch point as a way to come into the moment, to come back to the present, if you find yourself lost or caught. But the aim of the practice is not simply to stay connected or attuned only to the breath and the body, but to cultivate a quality of mindfulness, a relaxed, receptive, allowing attention that can receive all aspects of our experience, of our human experience. And so we've also included instruction for working with sensation in the body, for opening the attention to receive sound. Yesterday, Andrea spoke about working with the whole (laughs) human orchestra of emotion, a whole array of feelings, of reactions, of noticing what arises in us as an affective tone, and also pointing to our attitude toward our experience. Today, I'd like to speak a little bit about including the experience of thought, of thinking. This is not to say that thinking has not been happening until we get to this part of the instruction. You've probably noticed. But thinking can be a tricky object of awareness because it's so compelling. And it can be difficult for us to be aware of our thoughts rather than just caught in them. But it is possible to be not caught in either the river of thought swept away, but also there's no need to try to reject or stop, or push away thinking. 
just as the body produces sensation, the mind, all on its own, produces thinking. So it can be helpful to practice what we've been describing as being with. What does it mean to be with our thinking? To turn and face it squarely, to listen in without getting tangled in the content, but more aware of the process of thinking itself. I think it's helpful to step back and consider what is a thought. Most of the time we're so caught that we don't have the opportunity to consider what, it, what is it that's happening here, all on its own. It's kind of an amazing phenomena, actually. Sometimes our thoughts come in words. Sometimes, for some people, thoughts come more as images. And often, we don't notice a particular word or image until we're swept into the whole world. It's amazing how a series of words or images can create a whole world that we get born into a story, we might call it, a memory or a fantasy. So it can be helpful to begin by noticing what kind of thought is happening for you. Doing this gives us just a little bit of breathing room. It's like noticing, oh, bugs. It's like, oh, planning, worrying, judging. We can notice the flavor of our thought. And we can begin to see that while thoughts arise and pass, they aren't who we are. I had an experience a year or so ago on retreat of watching my thinking. And I noticed how my mind was constantly evaluating whatever it was that was happening in me and around me. And one day I was sitting, listening to a teacher give a talk. And I was completely wrapped in the talk. And at the end, I heard my mind say something like, well, that talk was pretty good, but it wasn't really as good as the last talk that that teacher gave. And the thing that was amazing was that as I noticed that with some spaciousness, I realized that's not true. My mind was just spinning out a whole fabric of reality that had I not noticed, I would have just gone along with. 
and in the not-trueness in recognizing that, there was an enormous amount of ah, breathing room. So thoughts can be themselves an object of our practice, an object of our mindfulness. Some of you may have noticed that there are some thoughts that repeat. Maybe we would say some stories that repeat. Often we have our top 10 or 2 or 3. Maybe it's a particular kind of thinking. Planning, 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 or rehashing, rehashing. A memory or something that you'd like. Often when there's a repeated storyline that doesn't loosen as we just turn our attention and notice it, sometimes we may notice that there's a storyline and there's an attitude toward it, like, I wish it will go away. Usually when we dig in that way, it will too. So you could notice, is there an attitude toward a particular kind of thought or story that's happening? But often when a story is repeating again and again, it's almost as if it's asking for us to pay closer attention, which doesn't mean to get more entangled. But sometimes there's an emotional charge that can be fueling the story, fueling the thinking. Maybe embedded in that story, there's a feeling of frustration or sadness or hurt. So attending to the repeated storyline we can kind of drop under the content (coughs) and look to see, is there something else? Is there a, a feeling that may be connected? And allowing ourselves then to feel that. Not, as Andrew was saying yesterday, by feeling the emotion to fuel more thinking, but to feel the emotion and continuing to drop into the visceral sense of how that is. How does that thinking and that feeling impact the body? How does it show up as sensation, as energy? And sometimes if you find yourself very quiet and settled with a lot of space and relaxation. You can get quiet enough to notice a thought as it's arising. And you may notice a thought as it's passing. This is the phenomena of thinking without necessarily being engaged in the particulars, the content of the thought. 
There's an old Chinese poem that says, if you follow the stream back to the source, you can watch the place where the clouds crop up. You can actually watch a thought like a cloud, poof, into your awareness. And if you stay with it, you can watch as it fades away. This is one way that we can begin to shift a relationship from thought to something we're either entangled in or trying to get rid of to more of an attitude of, wow, thought, it's amazing. So if there are moments where you are quiet and there are fewer thoughts arising, you could attend, you could pay attention to your thinking process in this way. So I would invite you now just to uh, let go of all of those words and take a moment or two to tune in, listen in to the felt sense of your body sitting. Aware, if it's helpful, of the particular sensations of the body, breathing. Letting the body relax. Letting the mind Relax. And letting your awareness, your attention open to receive whatever experience is most distinct or obvious. Perhaps sensation or sound.
perhaps emotion or feeling and opening to include even the process of thinking. Without grabbing on, getting caught or swept into the story or narrative. Without any need to reject or push anything away. Relaxing, receiving, allowing. Being with, being with, being with. Whatever's here. Bringing a simple, clear, kind awareness. To each moment moment by moment.
So we have a beautiful day and another full day of practice. And really the invitation today is to uh, invite you to include all aspects of your experience to relax, receive, and allow. If there's one dimension of experience, sensation or sound or thought, say, that feels particularly like it's pulling, uh, it's fine to focus there with this kind of um, spacious, receptive, knowing what is. And if at some point you find yourself um, overwhelmed by what's happening or completely ensnared and caught in a tangle of some sort, then it's always fine to intentionally shift the attention to come back into the body seated or standing or walking to ground yourself in something that feels simple to connect with to help you come back into the moment So all day you can play with and experiment and find, discover how this flow of human experience unfolds for you and know that you're cultivating skillfulness in how to uh, work with whatever it is that's arising. And we have today a little bit of settling individually and collectively in the group, and perhaps a bit of momentum, a momentum of not the kind that you came in with, (laughs) but momentum of mindfulness that you uh, can ride a bit and continue to um, mm, allow that to support your ability to be with and to see clearly into uh, what's happening for you. So we have a few minutes for um, questions, if there are any from the talk or from the instruction or something that may be coming up for you. Please. Mm-hmm. The way that I mm-hmm. some things make more sense or I get more insights about other things mm-hmm. where were you before. Mm-hmm. And so is it fine to I'm I'm thinking that if I, I am aware that I'm thinking that it's okay to allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. So so she said, if I'm aware that I'm thinking, is it okay to allow that to happen? 
And the short answer is yes, because the, the aim of the practice is to allow whatever is happening to happen. Why? Because it's happening. Right? The, the tricky thing, particularly with thinking, with thought, is that there's a difference between being engaged in the content and story of the thought, right? It's like being swept in. And this is a great practice that I do myself and would encourage all of you to try on, to notice what's the difference in your felt experience of being caught in a thought, in a story, right? Like being right in the middle of it, and being aware that you're thinking, because they actually feel different. So it's a great thing to, to check out for yourself, to notice. So the tricky thing with being aware of thinking is that sometimes we think we're aware of thinking and we're actually just caught. You, you have to, that's why I'm suggesting you have to notice for yourself what's the difference. If you notice a thought arising, it has a different there's a different experience than as you start to engage in it. It's like, it's like, how would I say? It's like the difference, I'm going to use an emotion, not a thought. No, I could use a thought. So someone walks in the room and you have a judgment about the person. If you, bel- if you are caught in the thought, you just believe it. That person is a jerk, whatever you think. That person is beautiful. You, that, there it is. And, that, and there's, no, there's no space. But you also could have the experience of noticing somebody walks in the room and you go, wow, just notice that I had the thought that that person was a jerk. Now, normally this happens much faster than I'm saying. But as you're noticing your thinking, which is fine to do, to notice that difference between when you're in there and when you're seeing it happen. This is why we wait (laughs) a little bit to introduce thought as an object of awareness because it's so sticky for most of us. So it's very tricky. And sometimes it's kind of, it's not one or the other, it's somewhere in between. But it's a really interesting place to pay attention. Right? Sometimes I feel that if I follow, that that would be useful. Mm-hmm. That if I, you know, things start kind of coming together and then I realize I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. But then it can actually, I feel that it would be useful for me to, like I was getting to something in the thoughts. Yes. This is How a, so she's saying sometimes a thought comes and I feel like it would be useful to follow it. This is the normal mind. Most of the time, that's part of why we're caught in thought, because we're so sure that our thought is going to take us somewhere. So try it out and see how that feels. And also try occasionally not doing that. What if you allow the thought to continue without, right? This has a feeling. There's a feeling when we're reaching, and there's a feeling when we're not. It doesn't mean you have to make the thought go away. But what's it's a very subtle place. What's the difference between following after a thought and just allowing it to come where to allowing it to be as it is? 
For me, when I feel compelled to follow a thought, first I'm going to look for what's the feeling or what's the attitude. There's wanting there. That's an interesting place to notice. And even if the thought is pleasant, the wanting, not so much. (laughs) It also sometimes I will shift my orientation to the thought, which is instead of following the thought, I get curious and, as I was describing earlier, watching where did the thought come from and where does it go? It shifts my relationship to the thinking. So I'm less immersed in it and I'm more interested in the process of it. This is not our usual way. So it can feel a little odd, weird, to use my language. Um, But you have an opportunity to play with it. So I'm not saying your thoughts aren't compelling and interesting and useful. Potentially they are. But you have a chance to try something that's a little different than the usual while you're here. So I noticed that I solved some really great problems. You know, like, well, do I go with it? And then the dog started barking, and I went, oh, hearing, you know. And but I was really surprised that yesterday and today I had these really great ideas that I'm probably going to implement. I don't know, but yes. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, I'm like, oh, I know that's planning, and I know that's cheating, you know, whatever. You know, and all this judgment about it. But, like, I came up with these two really great ideas, and, um, like, yesterday I went back to the room and I wrote it all down. You know, so, anyway, that's what I know. What was the source of those really good ideas? So I would encourage you and all of us. So this happens. It happens all the time. People say, ah, amazing creativity, brilliant ideas, world problems solved from sitting on my cushion. (laughs) Actually, I'm sorry to break the bad news, but it's not true. (laughs) Because it's much simpler here than it is out there, which doesn't mean you won't have really compelling or interesting thoughts or useful things. If they've really got you, I think it's good to write them down. Write it down and put it aside. What's really, what I would encourage is is more useful than the particular solution that you have is to be curious about what it is that's allowing, what's the source of that. Because if you can keep tapping into that source, you have a gift that will keep on giving. If you have a particular solution that you come up with now and then you go and try and apply it out in the world, maybe it'll work, maybe not. But if you are tapped into a kind of being present with the moment, you can allow another solution to arise and another solution to arise. I, I have the, had the experience of so many times <laughs> on retreat. I go on retreat and I have these unbelievable breakthrough insights. Ah! And then um, 
like within a week, I can't remember what it was. I'm serious. Like what was that thing that was so important? But what I do know is that over many, many years and hours and hours, days, months and months of sitting, there's a cumulative impact that's allowed me access to that very creativity and insight and what you're pointing to in a more ongoing way. So more useful to appreciate and cultivate what it is that's allowing those insights to come, that creativity, those answers, than it is to grab onto the answer and be like, I got one and I better hang on because there's never gonna be another one. No, actually, (laughs) if you keep practicing, that is what happens, exactly what you're saying. Things open, oh, we see things clearly like that, right? So I would encourage, particularly in the last day of retreat for all of us, Let's not try to hang on. Let's keep sinking into the place that all of it's coming from because that will support you as you go back. Yeah? (laughs) And if it's so good that you can't write it down and say, okay, I'll come back to it later. Right now I want to keep being here so that there'll be more. But if I really want to make sure I'm not going to forget, my experience is I write it down and then I go back You know, at the end or a few days later, I'm like, what? (laughs) It's gone. But it can be helpful in the moment to do that, just to relieve yourself of being afraid you're going to (laughs) forget. Unfortunately, I have to stop because I have a few announcements and we have to move along. Thank you.